Welcome back to our latest episode of The Fahey Files and what works in the capital of New York here or not. Uh, this is a new series that we've launched uh, right towards the end of 2020 here to talk about the importance of connectivity in this time of chaos. And regardless of what your life has been like, whether employed or unemployed, isolated, not isolated, working, what have you, everyone has experienced some type of upheaval. Some of us have grappled with it more than others, and some of us have still grown their businesses and uh, grown in their personal lives despite this upheaval. So today, I couldn't be more thrilled to have Pamela Howard, the current executive director of Historic Albany Foundation, one of my favorite nonprofits, which is uh, such a long and um, uh, never-ending ambition to preserve the best of Albany. Pam is a relatively new executive director there, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, but Pamela Howard also comes to us as somebody with years of experience as a small business owner. And uh, to me, so impressively, she is also a published author. So Pamela, please welcome. And let's jump right into how you have managed to stay connected. You can pick whether it's on the professional or uh, personal level uh, to start with. But we want to talk about how you've managed to stay connected um, in your work, in your uh, personal life, uh, during these this crazy year, uh, as we as we wrap it up, but we want to we want to learn from the best of your practices, Pamela. Well, thanks, thanks, Pat. It's great to see you because we used to run into each other all the time in person, um, and now we don't. And that that's one of the things too. I I never thought I'd miss going to so many evening meetings or going to so many coffee dates or lunch dates and, and that whole um, part of my personal and professional life is gone right now. Um, I said the other day, I would give anything to go out to lunch and have a glass of wine with my husband again. You know, you go out and do errands, you go have lunch and, and you know, you just can't do that right now. Um, I think at the work level, Historic Albany Foundation has five staff and um, my two warehouse guys, Tom and Dave are in the warehouse working. I work at the office every day. I have two other staff who come in one day a week and do the rest of their work from home. So while everything gets done and my staff does a fantastic job, I miss them. You know, I, I miss that camaraderie. While, you know, we, we have our staff meetings on Wednesdays in person, we mask up, we socially distance at our conference table. Um, it's all those sort of happenstance conversations that don't happen anymore when you at the copier or you're at the water cooler or hey what'd you do this weekend oh i went to this place or it, it's all of those sort of accidental conversations that you don't have anymore um and and it's kind of lonely being in the office by myself we have twelve thousand square feet on lexington avenue so we can distance but we're not all there and it's it's a very different feel um, and my job as the executive director has gotten a little bit harder to keep that team together and communicating. Um, we text a lot, um, which is just the, the quickest way to send each other, hey, did you do this? Did you see this? Um, you know, and I try to keep it as a boss to, okay, don't bother them after five or before nine, um, because the lines really kind of get blurred now. Um, so, 
you know, in my personal life, it, it's been difficult keeping, I'm, I'm a very social person. I have a lot of friends. Um, and it's been hard not, not just being able to grab that glass of wine or, you know, take a day trip or a road trip with your girlfriends. Um, you know, I really miss that too. So it's, it's been a struggle, but we, we've all adapted. That's, that's encouraging. And uh, the one thing that COVID and 2020 have taught us is that we have to be flexible and we have to be more creative. You mentioned with your staff, I too have a small staff, and I think that's been a challenge to stay connected because it is those impromptu conversations that matter so much. Tell us a little bit more about how uh, you have to do a lot of intergovernmental work because often you are on the front lines Mm -hmm. saving buildings, saving our extraordinary 400-year history in Albany. Uh, preservation matters, we've learned over and over again. Uh, those who had the foresight, thankfully, in the 60s and 70s when we had urban renewal and mm -hmm. other, um, and other, other initiatives, uh, the, the ones who had the foresight uh, to save our history uh, have really, that's made the difference and those are some of the, our best preserved neighborhoods now. So talk about, mm -hmm. again, on this macro level, what you've done to make sure you're still in touch with um, uh, the government groups you need to, other groups, mm -hmm. and the fundraising part, because that I know has been a serious challenge for nonprofits. Go ahead. Yeah, I think for us, we have a really, HAF has a really, really good relationship with the city. Um, I'm in touch with the mayor fairly often also. Um, our code enforcement office, the city planning office. Um, usually, you know, if something's going to happen, if there's a demo or there's something going on, um, you know, we do get notified. So we do keep in touch. Again, texting is amazing. You know, I I got a text the other Sunday afternoon from, you know, code enforcement saying, "Hey, you have a minute to chat." I'm like, yeah, because that's never good on a Sunday afternoon. What's coming down? Um, you know, so, but having that relationship, you know, sometimes it's something that we can't save and it's too far gone, but, but we get the opportunity to have some input or um, sort of the consolation prize, if you will, of a building coming down is, is we usually get the salvage rights for our parts warehouse. So whether it's doors or mantles or windows or the iron railings, um, you know, the city is wonderful about at least giving us that opportunity if there's something to get out of the house. Um, you know, as, as far as others, a lot of the, um, the interactions that we have are, are through meetings and task forces, the Blight to Betterment Task Force that, that has come back um, this fall. So most of my governmental folks, and I know you have staff on, on that task force, and John McDonald and the county and the city, um, so a, a lot of that contact is is through Zoom with everybody else. You know, we all we all bring those issues to the table and and work on it that way now. Yes, yes, that we all have a little bit of Zoom fatigue, but mm -hmm. thankfully we're making it work. Uh, I still yeah. think um, uh, while it has been incredibly convenient and it's allowed us to keep going, it is we are missing something. What about fundraising? I know that that's a, a yeah. critical part of yours. The other, and, but I also want to put in the, the good news. I read somewhere, and you can talk about this, that your warehouse where you do salvage so many extraordinary parts mm -hmm. uh, from places that are being renovated or unfortunately when they're being torn down. And I've read that you're doing a gangbuster business along with a lot of other home improvement projects in this country. Go ahead. 
Yeah, we are. Our warehouse is, I think we're at 42 years old this year. And it was founded really to divert things from the local landfills. And we want to get those house parts back into the community. So if we can salvage something from something that's unfortunately coming down and get it back into the community, that's really the goal. Um, so um, we've changed up our schedule a little bit. So it gives Tom Gazda, our manager, a little bit more time to go out and do pickups. Um, you know, if you've got an old sink, you've got doors, um, put them outside, he'll come take, you know, no contact, he'll come take them away. Um, so we, and that's also allowed us to, to really get some higher end pieces. So between everybody being home and doing projects or cleaning out and giving us items, the warehouse has been incredibly busy. I think, you know, I know myself, I've been doing so many home improvement projects that were on the calendar. It's like, okay, now's the time to get these things done. Um, as far as our other fundraising with our events and our annual fund, we've been incredibly fortunate. Um, um, last, well, March, I remember March 9th, it was a Monday, we had the last committee meeting for Movable Feast. Um, that's the event where we get everyone together, we send them out to historic homes all over Albany for dinner, we bring them all back for dessert. Um, so March 9th was our last committee meeting and we said, you know, we need to keep this virus thing. together and we certainly didn't want to send people to other people's homes. We were able to pivot, we turned a movable feast to stationary feast, everybody cooked their own dinners, put up photos, we did live Facebook, we did our auction online, and we did really, really well. We met our financial goals on that event. Um, then Built, which is our big art auction that we do in November, um, again, we had no idea what we were going to do. We knew that we weren't going to put 400 people in the state museum. So we had to pivot that one. We still got our art. We um, showcased about 150 pieces of art for sale at the Women's Club of Albany. So that took it full circle to our mission to put it in a historic house. Um, between the reception that we were able to do, um, we did 50 people at 5 o'clock. We did 50 people at 6 o'clock. Um, and then the open gallery hours, we were able to host about 300 people. Um, I think we got it in just under the wire to when things started to get a little scary again. Um, but we, we, again, met our financial goals, our honorary committee, the corporate sponsorships, the auction. Um, it was really, really successful. And now we're in annual fund mode for the end of the year. So, um, we have been, you know, knock on something, we have been incredibly fortunate and our supporters have really stuck with us. That's so encouraging and huge kudos. Plus you mentioned one of my other favorite words aside from connectivity this year is pivoting. And the businesses, the organizations, the nonprofits that seem to be making it are the ones that pivoted the fastest. And as you said, in that early March, you were already planning because you had one of those early uh, fundraisers, early events, the movable feast. And the fact that you were able to, I remember, I remember um, looking online and uh, you have a silent auction with that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very impressed that you didn't just cancel. At that point, a lot of folks had to cancel. You didn't cancel, you still made it work. So that resiliency mm -hmm. 
uh, has been amazing. And it is great to hear that you are going strong, staying connected with the community. Uh, and I guess it has benefited that uh, we know uh, house improvement projects. I wish I were doing my own, but we know <laughs> improvement projects uh, have uh, uh, have also helped with this. So it's great you've been able to, uh, it's so critical that you've been able to keep open the parts warehouse. Let's let's pivot ourselves a little bit okay. and talk a little bit about uh, on this micro level of how we have stayed connected, how we have coped through the difficulty of this year. This has been, again, an upheaval in everyone's life. Uh, if we could talk a little bit personally, you, um, because of some personal tragedies in your own life, you uh, had a um, practice well in advance of, uh, before anybody heard of COVID, uh, you had to learn how to find some new ways to reconnect with people, as well as how to, um, how to cope. And you channeled that, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, you channeled that into a book. I should add that again, I am on um, a <laughs> podcast with Pamela Howard, the new, relatively new executive director of Historic Albany and, uh, and also a local uh, author. Just so impressive. Talk, talk about how you've taken that personal upheaval in your life a, a few years ago and, and channeled that. Uh, again, it's, um, you, you had an early experience on practicing resiliency. <laughs> I did. Um, the, the book that I wrote last year, it's called Out of the Blue. And it, the first half of the book is a chronological account of some things that happened to me in 2012 and 2013. Um, in May of 2012, my 51-year-old husband had a massive stroke um, out of the blue. And he passed away in June of 2012. And then exactly three months later, my, um, my former husband took his own life. And then exactly three months after that, I'm like, yay, we're into January. I'm into 2013. I need to deal with this. Um, January 7th, my mom passed away. Um, so three huge losses within six months um, were pretty devastating. And I, I felt like I had lost a lot of anchors. Um, I was self-employed. Um, my, my late husband was my business partner. So it not only affected my personal life, you know, I lost half half my income, you know, and as you know, when you, your mortgage doesn't get cut in half when you, uh, you know, just because you're the only one in the house. Um, so I really, I really had to figure out what I was going to do with my life, both personally and professionally, because the rug was really pulled out from, from everything. Um, the, one of the first things I did was I, I, I sought out a life coach, um, Anne Sale, who was one of my clients, um, probably one of the smartest women I know. Um, really helped me. She really helped um, be an accountability person for me because as anyone knows who's had some major loss, everything that you have to do is really uncomfortable. You know, you, you get tired of sending out death certificates and telling everybody that your husband has passed away and, you know, dealing with accountants and lawyers and, you know, all the finances, everything that you have to do um, when someone passes away, it, to be honest, it, it sucks you know, and, and you have to get through it. And there were, there are a few things that helped keep me going. One of them was I wanted to make Michael proud of me. Uh, Michael Howard, who was my, my late husband who passed away. I didn't want him for wherever he was to have to worry about me. You know, he didn't want to leave. It just happened. 
Um, so I really wanted to make him proud. I didn't want him to worry. And I, I really, I didn't want to be seen as a victim. That was very important to me personally. Um, yes, something horrible happened, but I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Um, so sometimes keeping up that facade is also very difficult, you know, and, and, you know, letting people help you. Um, so the book actually came from a journal that I started. Um, the second day that Michael was in the hospital, I went to Albany Med. I stopped at the CVS on my way, picked up a notebook because I knew just from the night before when everything was happening, it was a different language. I needed to know, I, I knew that I was the advocate. I needed to um, be able to explain to family and friends what was going on. So that, that you know, notebook turned into a journal, which then eventually turned into the book. And the second half of the book really talks about all of the things that I went through in getting my life back on track with my coach, with, um, you know, going back out into the real working world, um, because there's, there's a lot of logical reasons why you have to get yourself back together, like making a living. You know, you, you can't be in a puddle on the floor and make a living and pay your bills. So, you know, there, there's some very practical reasons why you need to get your act back together. Um, you know, but also having a really great um, family relationship and my friends and having a great support system. So really being able to, you know, it took a village to, to get me all through that. And writing the book was a goal to be able to help other people through that. You know, um, I, it wasn't, I don't, you know, have a stake in the ground to to say my experience was any worse than anybody else's, but this is how I dealt with it, and this has how I can help you get through it too. So that that was my goal of writing that book. Yeah, Pam, it's um, it's just so remarkable. Huge kudos on so many levels, but the fact that you took this, stayed connected to the world. But I loved your comment that there were some practical reasons. Yes, mm -hmm. you were in deep grief, and that is whiplash at its worst with three horrific tragedies, especially after the new year, as you've said. So many of us are looking forward to 2021. You looked forward to a new year in 2013 and still hit, hit more uh, emotional mm -hmm. devastation. And uh, any of those are horrific losses, uh, uh, whether it's suicide or losing one's mom. No matter what age, I always say, no matter what age, to lose a parent is, uh, is brutal. Wonderful yep. shout out to Ann Sale, who is just um, uh, one of the longstanding uh, partners of the Center for Women in Government, uh, one of the longstanding board members. Uh, I'm going to mention your book again, Out of the Blue, because I do think that that's uh, remarkable. And I just, um, just want to say that taking that and channeling it, that's another C word, I guess, but channeling your grief in, in connecting and thinking of others. Uh, I've also, uh, we've had our challenges in my family with some family health issues. So on top of COVID, we've, uh, it's been a tough year and everybody has uh, a 2020 story, it seems. Um, so I too journal, uh, not enough, but I, I do journal and it's, it is one way to channel things. Uh, or, or channel our, our thoughts. But, but I also liked your comment on that you didn't want to be seen as a victim. Is that what helped you rebound? And what led you, let's go back from your micro to the macro, uh, the fact that you didn't want to be seen as a victim. And I, I, I think there's something rather profound there, yet you knew you had to lean on others for that support. Mm -hmm. 
a life, co life coach. And, and I think COVID has taught us that. We, um, we all need to relate to each other on a different level, yet you didn't want to be seen as a, as a victim. And, and ultimately, again, led to taking over an organization that, by the way, was also in turmoil. So you stepped into a place in a lot of turmoil, which you probably didn't need more of in your life, uh, but you stepped in at a critical time to a beloved organization, Historic Albany Foundation, mm -hmm. and, and really helped stabilize the ship. Did your personal life help influence your work there? And, and talk to us a little bit about that, that, uh, that personal becoming the professional. Well, it's funny because working at Historic Albany Foundation was not on my radar in the least. Um, after, um, my husband passed away, um, I did sell my house in Albany. I had lived in Center Square. I had a lovely historic row house. Um, I had lived there actually with both of the husbands who had passed away. So I was like, I, I have to go. I need a change of scenery. I need a change of everything. I had put my house up for sale. It didn't sell for a while. In the meantime, then I met my current husband, um, about a year and a half after Michael passed away. So I ended up moving to Saratoga County to his house. I got a job um, as a fundraiser in, Sar in the city of Saratoga. And that job unfortunately didn't work out. And um, I remember my boss that day saying, um, you know, are you okay leaving? And I said, you know what? This is not the worst day I've ever had. Um, so I, I really kind of, which that bar has been set pretty high. Um, so that's one of the things that I do is like, okay, yeah, today's a crappy day, but you know what? It's not the worst day. You'll get through this, whatever it is. So that day that I lost my job, I, I texted a former boss who happened to be on the board at HAF, but I wasn't thinking that. And I just said, hey, I need a job. This, this didn't work out today. Um, so she's like, hmm. At the very exact time, June 1st, 10 a.m., that I'm being let go and basically shown the door for my job, um, some board members at HAF were meeting to say, okay, we need an interim. We need somebody who can write our ship, keep us going, keep the money coming in, um, you know, while we look for a new executive director. And I happened to text um, somebody that night and said, hey, I need a job. And she's like, hmm, give me a couple days. So this whole process of this person I used to work with, actually a couple of former bosses from the Albany Institute were on the HAF board. Um, so I was hired as the interim and I thought, okay, great. This is, um, you know, a six month contract. I can look for a new job. So I got there not, you know, thinking anything about it. And um, I just absolutely fell in love with the organization. It was wonderful people, a wonderful mission, absolutely loved it. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the universe giving us signs. And um, one day there, there's this old, bottle of wine on a on a shelf in my office it's from um the first african-american um winery in the country out in the finger lakes and um, i actually grew up out in steuben county so i'm looking at this bottle and there's a little price tag on it and the the bottle is from chapman's liquor in hornell new york that's my hometown so i had to take that as a sign that i was home so I stay the six months. Um, I did interview. They did do a full interview process, and I was chosen to be the executive director 
um, almost two years ago. On January 1st, it'll be two years that I've been the executive director. So, you know, like you said, no, mat no matter what happens there, either personally or professionally, it's not the worst thing. And we've been able to make some, some really incredible strides in the past two years. Uh, you have taken it and run with it. That is such a story of inspiration. And pra talk about practicing resiliency. Um, I am a, a, also a big believer when one door closes, another opens. We just may not notice it at the time. Your, your door opened yes. fast in terms of that. <laughs> Uh, or that that uh, silver lining in in, uh, in yep. amongst all the clouds, but love that the universe gives you a sign as well. That's a beautiful story, mm -hmm. and um, uh, clearly, uh, you you really are an inspiration with how you have bounced back, Pam. As we as we wind down here, and again, we are speaking with Pamela Howard, the current executive director of Historic Albany, who has just taken the organization to a whole new level. I didn't think it was two years. For some reason, I had one year on the brain. So huge kudos with all you've done during one of the most challenging years. Uh, Pam, what are your recommendations to others who are just, well, we're all anxious for 2021, but who are still in the thick of learning how to reconnect professionally and personally and how to help their organization survive? So whether it's personal or professional, Give us, give us some of your, uh, your recommendations to people. Certainly, you've, you've, um, you've given us a lot here, uh, but it is inspirational. So, um, it, you know, when you wake up in the morning, uh, knowing what you've got, how, how during your toughest days, whether at Historic Albany or, again, with your personal tragedies, how did you, uh, how did you get that next foot in front of the other, as we say? Well, I think for me, a lot of it is, is having a really good support system. I mean, I've always had mentors, um, both personally and professionally. Um, and I have to say, too, it was, it was never my goal to be an executive director. I thought it was a crappy, thankless job. I mean, I've worked for some wonderful people, but it was not ever my goal. Um, you know, when people said, oh, are you going to stay? I'm like, I don't know. You know, this is, I, I, you know, the buck stops with me. You know, and I, I'm like, do I really want to take that on? Um, you know, and I, I actually kind of enjoy that part of it now, you know, being, being responsible. Um, but I, I think everybody needs mentors, like I said, whether it's personally, whether it's professionally. Um, you know, if you really are struggling, there are so many people out there to talk to. There are, you know, there's coaches for everything. Or if you need an accountability person, I know. Luckily for me, I don't have to work from home and I don't think I'd be very good at it. I'm not as motivated. You know, I, I was home for a couple of weeks. I'm looking out my window. I'm like, hey, I could go to Hewitt's again, you know, and I, I, I'm much more productive in my element. And I know that about myself. So if you're struggling, you know, there are so many people who can, who can help set you straight or talk to somebody else in your industry. One of the first things I did when all this happened was I put together a Facebook group for um, executive directors, because I knew, especially the not-for-profit folks, they were gonna have to make some pretty awful decisions. I've been so fortunate. My staff is intact. Nobody has lost an hour of work. We were fortunate to get a PPP loan. Um, so, you know, financially, I didn't have to worry as much about my organization. I mean, we're, we're still, you know, we're in pandemic 2.0 and doing it again, but 
having people to lean on who know your situation, you know, find that mentor, find that person, find that coach. Um, even if it's somebody that you have to pay to, you know, chat with for an hour, um, who can, who can put your head back on straight. Um, you know, it's, it's worth every penny, but to have that peer group, you know, home and in the office, you know, my friends and I are all going through the same things. We miss each other. We want to get together. We're social people. Um, you know, we text each other a couple times a day. Hey, how are you doing today? Um, so it's just really trying to find that different connection from when you don't have that personal, you know, in the same room face to face. It's, um, you know, Zoom becomes a blur. I was on a meeting before this and, and we were talking about a meeting. I'm like, when was that? And they're like, uh, we were all just together on Monday. It's like, it's only been a couple of days, but every meeting is sort of becoming the same. Yes. But I have to say there's a flip side to Zoom. Like today, I didn't have to cancel any of my meetings because of the weather. I know with my, my board, I have to shout out to my board. HAF has a fantastic board and I have the best staff in the world. Um, but participation is up on Zoom. All my committee meetings, our board meetings, because no one has to go anywhere. You know, so everybody can show up no matter where they are. So there, there is kind of a flip side to that too. Or uh, there's uh, definitely that is definitely looking at the glass half full. And I love that you constantly bring it back to the positive. And I think that uh, my guess is that's a way that you have really learned to cope. Yeah. I love that you've also mentioned uh, the support group and mentors, uh, having the support group and mentors. We often say that when I'm asked about elective office um, and, and uh, the 24 seven of it, uh, I do say having, having some type of support group really does make a difference. But what's really significant on what you've said is that with each challenge you've had, you've also made sure we're giving, that you are giving back. Even in mm -hmm. writing your book, it was to help others. And my guess is that that's a huge part of how you have coped as well as stayed connected with those who are others who are going through personal tragedies. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for well, joining us today. Uh, this has been terrific. Uh, and again, it's part of, you've inspired me, but it is inspired <laughs> this podcast. And that is to help others, to remind them that even those short little texts staying connected in the briefest ways versus uh, when mm -hmm. anybody can get back to normal and have a lunch or a dinner. Um, those are just so important to keep us all going, uh, yep. but, but as well, the, the giving back. So uh, again, Pam Howard, Executive Director of Historic Albany Foundation, which is flourishing under her leadership. Uh, Pam, thank you for giving us another wonderful episode of the Fahey Files and what works and what doesn't in the New York Capitol, uh, and particularly on this series, which is connecting or connectivity uh, during this time of chaos. Well, thank you, Pat. Thank you.